Hallelujah. I want to welcome everybody here this morning. Um, if you're wondering if Pastor Kent is ever going to come back next Sunday, uh, he, he will be back. And uh, I'm sure he's, he's prayed up, fired up, <clears throat> and, and ready to... to um, Continue in the direction that God has, has called this church to go in. Amen. Amen. Also want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Glory to God. Uh, it doesn't hardly seem like it's possible that it, it's mid to late November already. But, uh, you know, 2022 is the end is, is fast approaching. And... Uh, you know, we can think back, or I can think back of all the blessings and and the times that God showed up in in my life this past year and and in, in past years, and and this is a time to to reflect on that. Uh, if you were here last Sunday, you'll know what the piles of rocks were, and and it's you know sometimes it's it's good to go back and remember, you know, the times that God blessed us. You know, I'm reminded in, in, uh, in Psalms 124, it says, If it had not been for God on my side, where would I be? Amen. You know, if it had not been for God, where would I be? And, and, you know, I look back at the past, you know, the past, and God was on my side a lot of times that I didn't know that I needed God on my side. Yeah, you know, he, he, he come through. And he saw things in my future that I, I did not see coming. And, and because of his goodness and his mercy and his faithfulness, he came through. This morning, the, the title of the sermon is, is this, your future is in your heart. Your future is in your heart. And, and I want to start out by just asking, you know, asking you some questions, you know, and in doing that, making a statement. You know, what does your future look like this morning? Short-term future, you know, what, what's next week look like? You know, next month, next year, you know, what, what, what does your future look like? What does the future of your family look like today? What's the future of our nation look like today? And then last but definitely not least, what is what is the future of of our church look like? You know, the last uh, few few months, uh, you know, I've heard people ask and and be concerned about the future of Oakton. And this is not my sermon. You know, we're not, this is just a side, this is, this is a, a rabbit trail right off the start, okay? You know, people have asked about the future of the church. You know, where, where are we going to be in, in 20 years, 30 years? You know, what about these young men and women sitting here on the front row and, and then, you know, this section and, and over the body? You know what what does what does the future of of Oakton look like? You know when they're 
you know, grown up and adults have their own family, you know, what, what, is, what is it going to look like? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, I just want to read you a, a verse of scripture here. It says, so do not worry or be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of its own. Sufficient for each day is its own trouble. You know, verse 34 there starts out with so. So we need to back up a verse of scripture and see what the so is about. Verse 33 says this, but seek, aim at, and strive after First of all, his kingdom and his righteousness. His way of of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. In other words, it's saying, church, seek me first. Seek my way of being and, and, and doing right. And then... You don't have to worry about about tomorrow. You don't have to worry about that because you've sought me and my way of being and, and doing right. You know, in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, it says this, Start children off on the right path, and even when they are old, they will not turn away from it. So, you old ones out there, you know who you are. You know, our responsibility, your responsibility, is, is to train up children in the way that they should go. And when they grow old, they'll not depart from it. You know, they'll know the path. You know, and... And, and it's, it's not only talking about age here, it's talk, talking about spiritual condition, right. you know, you're, where, you're, where you're at spiritually. Whether you're a, a toddler or whether you're an adolescent, teenager, you know, or, or whether you're an adult, you know, we need to train up our children in the way that they should go. Did you ever wish you were somebody else? You had somebody else's qualities? You know, I, I think back, you know, I, I can remember, you know, my, my kids always said, Dad, you're, you're boring. You know, when you get up and teach or preach, you're, you're boring. You know, I said, you know, sorry. I mean, that's just, you, you know, this is what you get. You know, uh, you know, I, I, I've sometimes wished I was R.W. Shambach. Probably nobody ever remembers R.W. Shambach unless you're unless you're really old. And he he was he was an evangelist, red hair, you know, and he, and he would spit and holler and and you know everybody on the front row would be anointed, you know. And he he was his his one of his famous statements was that you don't have any problem. All you need is faith in God. You don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. Or did you ever wish he was? You know, I wish I was as funny as Jesse Duplantis. You know, white hair. Mm, I'm getting there. 
you know, and, and, you know, funny, you know, keep everybody rolling, but, but, you know, the word of God was in, in, in the word that he spoke or, or maybe a Jack Coe. He, he was a tent evangelist. Uh, and, and when he would lay hands on the people, you know, he, he would, he would punch people in the stomach if they had a stomach ailment. You know, if, if they had a, a, a cancer or a growth on the, on the side of their face, he would reach up there and rip it off. And God, and God would heal them. They were healed. You know, sometimes I wish, you know, I was somebody like that, but, but that's not what you're getting this morning. But there may be those out there that are like that sitting here this morning. John chapter 8, verse 32, it says the word of God will make you free or will liberate you. The word of God will liberate you. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, don't forget where we're going with this. What is the future of, of your church look like? You know, what does your future, the future of this church look like? In verse chapter Second um, Timothy 3.16 says, God has breathed life into all scripture. It is useful for teaching us what is true. It is useful for correcting our mistakes. And we all need that. You know, I've made my share of, of mistakes. It is useful for making our lives whole again. It is useful for training us in, to do what is right. And I'm reading out of the NIRV. That's probably not what, what you're seeing on the, uh, on the screen behind me. Let me read that again. God has breathed life into all scriptures. It is useful for teaching us what is true. It is useful for correcting our mistakes. It is useful for making our lives whole again. It is useful for training us in in what is right. And then in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23, it says, Guard your heart, for out of it flow the springs of life. My vision for, and, and, and I think this should be our vision for, for this church going forward in the direction that God has called us to, to go is, number one, not to worry about what's going to happen 25 or 30 years down the road. But our job is to see that there is a solid foundation laid on the Word of God, not compromised by, by what the world says is right, but what? But, but by what the Word of God says is true, and His Word is 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 good for teaching. It's good for making corrections, and it's good for training. So, Gary Dumb and Paula. 
Larry and Doris, you know, Walter and Jane. I'm looking around here to see if there's any other real old ones here. And, and, that, and there's nothing wrong with being old, guys. That, that, that is a testimony. You know, that's, that's a testimony. But, you know, your, your guys' job is, is to, to train us young ones up in, in, in the way that we should go. And, and when we get out of line, say, let, let's make this correction here. You see, here's what the Word of God says. Let, let's, let's pray about this. And, and if we need to make a correction, let's make a correction. Glory to God. Turn to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1. Your future is in your heart. It says, wait and listen, everyone who is thirsty. Come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price, simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blessing. You know, I had to stop and meditate on that for quite a while before it really sunk in what it was saying here. You know, it, it sounds like it says coming by is, you know, something to eat, but, but you don't have any money. And, and, you know, the spiritual wine and milk uh, is, is, is priceless. So, you know, you know, I had to stop and think and meditate on this a while to, to, to understand and to really receive everything that, that was being said here. But, you know, in, in the Word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know, I think that faith is the currency that, that we need to receive our future in God. Faith is the currency that we, you don't need money. Money, money has a place, but, but money is, is not the answer to your future. You know, the word, the word water here, I think we can, we can say that the water is the word. If you look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 and 26, it's talking about husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Here we have water being used here again, but it's it's being... It's equal with the word of God or, or you know, the word, the word water represents the word of God. If you, if you look in, in John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, you have a, a picture of the, of the account of the woman at the well. And, you know, the woman at the well said, you know, Jesus showed up there and he said, you know, uh, you know, give me water to drink and, uh, you know, the, the story goes on and he says to the, to the lady, you know, I have water that if you'll drink of it, you'll thirst no more. 
back in Isaiah chapter 55, it says, you know, it says, wait and listen. Everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters. That word thirsty there, if you go look it up, it really means suffering. Those of you that are suffering, it's, it's more than just, you know, being thirsty. You know, right now I'm a little thirsty. My mouth's a little dry, but, but you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not really suffering. But this word here, thirsty here, means you're thirsty to the point of suffering. Has anybody ever been thirsty to the, to the point of suffering? Man, you're dry. You've you got to have a drink of water. And, and, and this is what it's, it's talking about here. Those that are, are, are suffering, maybe you're thirsty physically, maybe you're thirsty spiritually. The answer to that thirst is the word of God. The answer to that thirst is the word of God. You remember last week we, I talked about, you know, I, I was at the point of, you know, God, if this is all there is to you, I'm done. If this is all there is to being a Christian, if this is all there is to being born again, and, and if this is it, you know, I'm done. You know, I was, thir- I was, I was at a place where I was, I was suffering spiritually. But what turned me around was, was the Word of God. What turned me around was the Word of God. In Matthew chapter 12, I want to to look at this here. You offsprings of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil, wicked? For out of the fullness, the overflow, the superabundance of the heart... The mouth speaks. The good man from the inner good treasure brings forth good things, and an evil man out of his inner evil storehouse flings forth evil things. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, when men will give account of every word, every idle, inoperative, unworking word that they speak. In other words, what you what you're saying is important. For by your words you will be justified and acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned and sentenced. Your future is in your heart. Words that are released from your mouth reveal what's in your heart. You know, I've, I've, I've said this many times, you know, I, I, can, I can go over to Jeremy Moni's house and we can sit down at, at kitchen table, dining room table, or in the family room or sunroom, wherever, you know, drink a cup of coffee and I can sit with him for 15 minutes or less and, and you know, I can tell you what's in his heart by what's coming out of his mouth. And he can do the same with me. I can, I, I'll know what, what's in, in Jeremy Moni's heart because of the conversation that we had. 
you know, when we, uh, when we go to work tomorrow, we ought to listen to what we have to say. And if, if what we're hearing we don't like, we, we need to go back to the Word of God and, and get into our heart His Word in abundance. You know, mo- most of us talk way too much. You know, most of us, you know, talk way too much. Our future is, is in our hearts revealed by what comes out of our mouth. That means our future is not in somebody else's hands, but it's in our hands. It's in our mouth. It's in our heart. It's, it's not... It's not in somebody else's, but it's in yours. You know, sometimes we like to we like to blame other people for the situation that we're in. Um, you know, life's not fair. You know, life's not fair. You might be sitting back there and say, "Well, you know, my mom and dad weren't like your mom and dad." You know, I don't even know who my mom or my dad is was. You know, I, I may have grown up in, in a lot of different circumstances than, than you grew up in. But God is still more than enough to meet you where you're at. You don't have to stay where you're at because of the Word of God. You remember what John chapter 8 Verse 32 says, it says, the word of God will liberate you and make you free. Whatever you need to be free from, God's word is more than enough. Yes. You know, there's a young man sitting back here right now that, that every time I see him, he, he says, praise God, I've been free from drugs for over seven months. Amen. Isn't that right? Huh? Glory to God. You know, and, and, and the word of God is what made the difference in his life. Amen. Inviting Jesus into his heart is what made the difference. Right. And his future looks a lot different today than it did eight months ago because of the confession and, and the word that was in his mouth and in his heart. Yes. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So praise God. Amen. Amen. Look in Numbers, chapter 13. You know, I know nobody was ever as spiritually ignorant of the Word of God that, than I was. But, you know, I can remember, and I don't remember where Suzanne and I was married then or, or not. It was right in that time period. We were invited to a Bible study in, in Lamar, uh, we we must have been must have been married, and of course we lived in in the Golden City area, and and uh, we we came to this this Bible study in Lamar, and uh, th- they were studying uh, out of the Old Testament, and 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 I don't remember what they were 
talking about. It's, it's been too long ago, but I do remember me saying some stupid stuff. That, that you know, the Old Testament was irrelevant for, for today. We live, you know, we live under a new covenant. We're living under the, the New Testament. And that was a really dumb statement. You know, that's the reason the word, you know, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 up here, it says all scripture is useful for teaching us what is true. And, and it, it'll correct your mistakes and it'll show you the way to go. Well, praise God for the word. You know, you know I'm, I'm not that ignorant anymore. I know that, that there's some good stuff in the Old Testament that applies today. Amen. So anyway, in, in Numbers chapter 13, verse, verse 26, and, you know, we really need to read the whole, whole cha- 13th chapter because it's, there, there's a lot of good stuff in there. But God has told Moses to, to go spy out, you know, to pick 12, 12 leaders, you know, one from each tribe to go in and spy out the, the promised land. You know, he's, he's been saying for, for a long time here that I'm giving you this land. But he says, I want you to go spy it out and, and just check it, check it out, see, see what's, what's there. And, and they went, and in verse 25 it says, And they returned from scouting out the land after 40 days. They'd been, in, they'd been scouting this place out for 40 days. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the... Israelite congregation in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh and brought them word and they showed them the land's fruit. Okay, part of it we didn't read that they, they cut off a, you know, it was the time of, of, grape, of the grape harvest and they cut off a, a cluster of grapes that was so big that they had to put it on a pole and, and two guys had to carry it. They put it on their shoulders and they carried this cluster of grapes. Crazy. Crazy blessed. In verse 27, And they told Moses that we came to the land to which you sent us, and, and it surely flows with milk and honey, and, and, and this is its fruits. But the, but, but the people that dwell there are strong, and the cities are fortified, and very large. Moreover, there we saw the sons of Anak of great stature and courage. In other words, you know, we we saw we saw the giants there. Amalek dwells in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the hill country. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and along by the side of the Jordan River. And Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go at once and possess it, for we are well able to conquer it. Got two visions going here. One group says, You know, it's, 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 great, it's a great land. It, it's a land that flows with milk and honey, but. But. And Caleb here says, He quieted the people and in, in before Moses and says, we can do this. Let's go in and possess the land. 
But his fellow scouts, verse 31, said, We are not able to go up against the people of Canaan, for they are much stronger than we. So they brought out, so they brought the Israelites an evil report of the land which they had scouted out, saying, The land through which we went to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. How'd they know that? Where'd they read that at? And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the, whatever that word is, giants, the sons of Anak, who came from the giants, and we in our sight were as grasshoppers and so we were in their sights. In other words, he said, we look like grasshoppers and they think we look like grasshoppers. You know, I, I read you this to, to bring you to this point. They took a vote. They had an election. Ten voted, nope, we can't do this. Two voted, yes, we can. So the nose had it. The nose had it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm totally convinced that, that Caleb and Joshua here, the two yes votes, were devastated. You know, they saw the they all saw the same land. But yet they they had a different opinion of whether they could possess the land or not. And the difference in the the difference of the vision, the difference of their potential future was was did we believe the word of God or not? Because Years and years and years before, God is saying, I'm going to take you out of the land of Egypt and I'm going to take you to the promised land, a land that flows with milk and honey. And he brought them through, through the desert. He parted the Red Sea. They, they did all of this other stuff and they saw God do so, so many marvelous and, and wonderful things. But yet, now here they were at the point of, of going in and possessing the, the promised land and they forgot all that. They forgot all the blessings. They forgot all the promises of God and, and the covenant that, that they had with God and, and believed the circumstances rather than the word of God. We don't do that. We don't do that. Do we? And if you know the story, you know, um, well, let's, let's look in, in chapter 14 here. And we got we to hurry up. And Joshua, the, the son of, this is, this is 14, uh, chapter 14, verse 6. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jethuel, uh, were among the scouts who had scouted searched out the land, and they rent their clothes. 
And in verse 8, it says, If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us to, into this land and give it to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Even after the, after, uh, the defeating vote, they did not change their, their confession. God will bring us into this land. Verse 10, it says, But the congregation said unto us, Let us stone Caleb, Joshua and Caleb with, with stones. In, in verse 24, and, and, and we're skipping over, you ought to go home and read this stuff. It said, God said, everybody that's 20 years and older, they're going to die here in the wilderness because they refuse to believe my word. But, and, and then verse 24 says, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit, he had a different spirit, Folks, we need to have a different spirit and has followed me fully. I will bring him to the land into which he went and his descendants shall possess it. And those that didn't, didn't have a different spirit, he said, your bodies will fall in this wilderness. After 40 years, Caleb and Joshua inherited the land. Out of, out of nearly 3 million people that were 20 years and, and older, those were the only two that inherited the land. And it was because they believed the Word of God. Their future was in the Word of God. Their confession was, Give me that mountain. That's what Caleb said when he was 85 years old. He says, give me that mountain. He said his, his natural forces wasn't abated. His eye was still keen. And he went up and he possessed the land. Right. Folks, we got to keep the word of God before our eyes and in our mouth and possess the land. Amen. Our future is in... Your future is in your heart. Your future is, is in the confession of your mouth. And because out of your mouth flows the river of life. Go back to uh, Joshua. Going the wrong way here. I love the book of Joshua. Moses has died and, and Joshua is, is, has become leader of the, of the nation of Israel. And God's talking to him here. Joshua chapter 1, uh, you know, verse 5. God, is, God told him, I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong, be confident, and be of good courage, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. You know, he's telling, he's telling us today to, that he's not going to fail us. He's not going to forsake us. He's telling us to be strong, be of good courage, and when we follow this, when we follow this recipe, 
our descendants will inherit the land. You want to know what Oakton's going to look like in 30, 40 years? If we do our part, there's nothing to worry about. We don't have to worry about it because God is faithful to his word. Only you be strong and very courageous that you may do according to all the law, do all my word, which Moses, my servant, commanded you, turn not to the right hand nor to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and you shall have good success." In verse 9, it it, it again says this, Have I not commanded you to be strong, vigorous, and very courageous? Do not be afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You may be like one of the ten spies that, that had an evil report. They had no future. You know, we've got a choice. We can be one of the two, or we can be one of the ten. You know, last week we looked at at Luke chapter 11, verse, verse 9. And, and in the Amplified, it, it says this, so I t- say to you, ask and keep on asking, and it'll be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you shall find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. You know, I'm, I'm, this morning, we need to ask and keep on asking for the wisdom and the direction of God, the Holy Spirit. You know, this morning we need to to seek Him with all of our being and keep on seeking. And this morning we need to knock and keep on knocking. And it says the door will be opened unto us. In Isaiah chapter 55, and, and I want to close with this. When it says, come to the waters and you don't need money to come and buy and eat. You need to, to purchase this priceless spiritual wine and, and milk without money. How are we going to do that? It says, simply... For the self-surrender that accepts the blessing. You know, the only thing that I have to offer God this morning and the only thing that you have to offer this morning is yourself. You don't have anything else. You know, it doesn't make any difference how much money you got in the bank or how many cows you got in the pasture or hogs in the lot or 
you know, how many bushels of grain you got in the in in storage. You know, none of that stuff makes any difference because he owns all the cattle on a thousand hills and he even owns the hills. He owns it all. The only thing that that we have to offer him is ourself this morning. The invitation this morning is is this. And we we need to to ask ourselves or, or tell ourselves that the only thing that I have to offer him is me. You know, and our statement should be this. Father, take my life and do something with it. <laughs>